0: Hey, no no singing, Chris. This is Footloose, and I'm Kevin Bacon. Wait, no, Kevin Bacon does want to sing. That didn't fit for me. That's I'm, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Is, is it a good movie? I don't know. Hi, my name is Sean Taylor. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. And Chris, we're riding a tricky line here today where we want to give a spoilers review of sorts. But we don't want to ruin the integrity of our other creative, spoilery reviewing endeavors in the future. It's a challenging line to walk. I don't know what I'm looking for with that statement, other than (laughs) that. (laughs) We want to give a spoiler review, Uh, but we don't want to give away everything because we're still going to review it episode by episode.
1: Yeah, the thing is, it's a lot of stuff to go over. I have so many ideas about different. podcast ideas on different episodes to do, from the best changes to the worst changes, top 10 moments, uh, best ranking all the characters, ranking the fights, doing various type of things that are all very spoilery, and it would just be hard to kind of have all that into one, uh, one sitting. But oh, So today, we'll go over uh, just our top five changes.
0: Well, and I think that's very fitting because, in general, we both enjoyed it, and so I think it is uh, very appropriate that our first spoilery review is over the things that we liked. Yeah. Stay Specifically, things we liked. Yeah. The like positivity. Look, look you for the positivity. The and look for the light. You often find it.
1: Yeah, you the dark, it's all you ever see. I went on a tangent before. Not going to this time. <laughs> it took like 10
0: minutes. I know, but it's such a good tangent. But listen, it boils down to you're going to find what you're looking for, essentially. No, I like what you said better. Don't I'll cut, cut that out. Chris, we're going to give our top 5. Uh I will do I'll, I'll do mine first on the even numbers. You'll do yours first on the odd numbers and we'll toss in some honorable mentions. And that's all that's all the intro. I've got top 5 favorite things for each of us favorite changes. Pardon me. Specifically changes yes. for each of us. Go yes, ahead. Specifically
1: changes. Yeah. All right. Top five, number five, best change that they've made. Oh, they I should preface preface this by saying some of these on this list aren't necessarily better. I think my top like they're not better than how the original did it. But I think uh for me personally, I think my top two or three are <clears> improvements <throat> over the over the anime series. Understand it is possible they can make improvements to things. Um, that's something a... I just and some things like I even prefer how the original did it, but I just think, oh, this is an interesting change, I like what they brought to it, it makes it a worthwhile adaption. Because to me, dang it, not by getting another attention about the purpose of adaptions. No, that's well, it's important see things and uh, uh, see stories and stuff done in a new light, bringing a different audience. Many of the greatest fictional characters have various adaptions, Batman is my favorite character. And on my shelf is about 100 different adaptions of that character. And that's how he lives and strives for so long. Many different audiences find different things to grasp on, too.
0: Earlier, Chris quizzed me on his favorite fictional character, and I failed because you in my mind, failed. because in my mind, Batman is not a fictional character. <laughs> Batman's real. And that's how my brain was operating in that moment.
1: In, in my head, I was like, I'm going to set this up perfectly, and it's going to make the point so good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's not fiction, uh, Chris. He lives right here. That's fair. That's fair. The Chris, no, that's a great point. Is that uh, I'm going to say that my top two I do like better, and we'll talk more about those when we get to those. I like them better. My top two things in an animated series. The other three are things that I just think add value and worthwhileness to this adaptation, and I'm glad that they're there.
1: Yes. All right. My number five. Showing the Airbender genocide, or really more specifically, showing the Airbenders before genocide. It was nice to see Aang with his people and stuff, and Monkey Yatso and that relationship. You know, we don't really get that like right off the back, but it was it was good just to sit in in the universe before the Fire Nation attacked. Like when our minds are usually always like, did everything change with the Fire Nation attack? It's nice to see when things. Were the same and didn't change. Chris, what changed? We don't
0: even know what it changed yeah.
1: from. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was really good to see. It was good to see, just cool to see different air nomads fighting in different various ways. Um, like, it, that was cool. And then just to see, you know, the the travesty that was the air nomad genocide. Um get a little bit more of Fire Lord um, Sozin as well. So that's my number 5 showing the genocide or showing
0: pre-genocide. My number 5 was music and I wanted to put it a hair higher because there's some of it that's really good. We both love the closing theme and it is really good. That uh, I think I would have put it higher if it's it's I would say it's slightly forgettable maybe during the episodes and you miss that nostalgic hit I think is is maybe how you described it earlier you might have described it better but that nostalgic hit of having your the intro every episode or whatever and then it, it gets a little too ambient in episodes where it's not very memorable it doesn't pop like it does in the animation but it is noticeably different like they uh, they they stayed true to the source material but they still did their own thing like it, it's recognizable and it fits but it is their own thing and it is good and i like it number five feels right
1: yeah. Yeah, I completely agree, uh with your point. I mean when we first heard the music, I was like, Oh, this is like well at first it was the exact same, like just
0: Yeah, we did nothing at first. Usually, it's like, All right. Yeah.
1: And usually when that's when the credits end and then it started incorporating the Avatar theme into it. Uh so that was really cool. Right now Gordon Cormier, the actor of Aang, is on the fountain show. Just clicked on it. Just nice to see them doing more put uh, Publicizing it and stuff. Anyway, and he's grown a lot. Holy crap. I forgot that they filmed that like two years
0: ago. Gonna have to age oh. him up, huh? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah, so music. Oh, also point out that the music did feel like it was missing, but part of that's because in the animated show we hear the music every single episode because it is in the intro. There's no intro to that. But maybe we'll get into that warranty when we talk about our five worst changes. Or
0: our five most apathetic changes, which is the episode that everybody's really, really not feeling good or bad about. <laughs> like uh,
1: like you know you know we didn't bring it last time Sean, which isn't on my list, but it's one of those things that I was the most surprised about. The most surprised about, maybe. And it completely changes nothing of the story. And <laughs>
0: like, that was on. Han being just perfect, <laughs> just perfect. He's a he's the pinnacle of a human. He's a he's hot. He's helpful. What else? He was. He was respectful. He, well, he, oh yeah, he was like a respectful divorcee kind of, uh, not a divorce like a yeah. anti-metra. He. We didn't <laughs> talk about that, Chris. You know what. I don't think it fits in my favorite <laughs> things because it made me feel bad for him. So I don't think it fits in my favorite things, but he was he one of my favorite. He
1: died. <laughs> he... They but... showed his body. Anyway... Like, that? Before, before he, like, after I was almost infatuated with the man, I was like, man, you know what? Maybe the chief dies, he becomes chief, and then, then he... he's like the grandfather of Cora and stuff. Like, I'm like'm I'm, I was in my head writing the cool story of Han, the hero of the
0: North. <laughs> we would have put out an episode been titled like Han, This is why Cora's is hot or something like that It have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Han, Han, I'm sorry they did you dirty. And for what it's worth, I don't like this representation of UA quite as much as close. like it's not a huge difference. So it just feels like they really flipped the scales. There and it makes Saka look bad, frankly. But whatever, it's it's fine.
1: Well, I, I think maybe they wanted to show that, uh like, if UA pits Saka in the, in the animated show, UA sauce Sokka over Han because it's so clearly obvious that mm-hmm. Saka is better than Han. Yeah, Han's here, a d bag like,
0: and Saka's good and. Uh... Yeah, but no, but here, here Saka's Han. Han is like. <laughs>
1: is the guy you should be with, but for some reason she just doesn't be like she doesn't love him and stuff. Han and So that makes that also makes Sokka look a little better. Like, oh Sokka it's not that you're like it's just you. You the you're the person that is the boy of her her dreams, I guess.
0: Han in, in the live action is what people like want Jet to be in the animated series and he's not. But that's what they want Jet to be. That's Han in here is what's the epitome. Damn of beauty and perfectness.
1: <laughs> I was and we were just, I, we were just ready for him to turn. Like, it was, there the was a perfect time where he could have yeah. just been a team back. <laughs> it was like, hey, can I can I talk to for a minute? I want to go over some things. I was like, oh, well, this is where Han is going to be so- <laughs> And be like, I saw you looking at you, she's my girl. Instead, he was like, we could really use your advice on this soccer and stuff, and like... <laughs> We we value your
0: team. I was like,
1: holy crap, huh?
0: Chris Chris just looks over at me and he's like, that's not how I thought that was going to go. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Can't say we. Listen, there's. You're right. It impacts like nothing of the story, but it definitely subverted our expectations. (laughs) R.I.P., hon. Chris. Oh, that's great. My number four is... And then, and
1: then Sokka was like... After they went, and then Sokka's like, well, with you leading them, Han, they should be pretty true. I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, Sokka yeah. knows
0: right away when he's beat. Like, yeah, you got it, man. You're you're gonna be fine. Look at you. Look at you. Why would you want to be with me? <laughs> Who, he's not even... And because Sokka's not even funny in the live action... It hurts even worse. Like, there's. <laughs> it's just a worse version uh, of Han.
1: We should have a whole episode dedicated
0: to Han. <laughs> Han in and memoriam. To Han. <laughs> yeah. Give and his.
1: You're an angel. <laughs> and it's just like slow motion of him.
0: <laughs> Can we troll people where the whole episode is just like his highlights in slow mo with like Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background? Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole, no. We don't uh, say a word during it. We just like peacefully, <laughs> like hands in prayer. That's the whole episode. That's next week, folks. R.I.P. <laughs> Chris. My number well, four God. is, um, and this is the this is the only character change that I have in my favorites or my honorable mentions, and that is kind of a big deal to me. But my number four favorite is I do like this version of Azula better. I think it feels a little more real, a little less OP, a little more like a child. And the, the relationship between her and Ozai is a little closer to how I would expect. I like this Azula bad. Everything, I want her to have sharp features. That's a very, like, not that the actress did anything bad. I do want her to have sharper features, but that's a very minor nitpick. I'm not saying that actress um, should go get surgery or anything. That's not what I'm kidding. Um, it's funny, because I love Azula from the
1: animated series. And you don't like her as much as I do. I, I say do not. You, you don't like her, but you don't like her as much as I do. And it is that, like, unrealistic perfection that she has. Um, And it's one of those things, it's one of these changes that, why well, I think it's a really good adaptation in the literal sense of the word adaption of, of adapting and changing things. Is that this is different and it's I think it's still good writing. Like it's just I like both I think both are really good writing and prefer the animated series because Azula is that perfect thing. Granted she does have her insecurities and stuff, but if she does, she doesn't show it. And this one, she shows it. <laughs> like she shows it to Mei and Ty Lee and she shows that she's a little bit petty and stuff. Um I think that's not necessarily out of line for Zula. So I think it's very valid for this, uh, for this interpretation of her. Like I said, I, I still like it.
0: Yeah. We, uh, um, yeah, I'm at number four still. Right, I'm not into the territory where I, very literally, like everything about her better than the live uh, than the animated. But uh, that's a place where I appreciate the change they took, and it changes up the whole dynamic, of of the bad guys. Essentially, it's yeah. a whole different look.
1: Yeah, which is itching, goes with my number four, which is Ozai is more interesting. Perfect. Um, great segue. Ozai is a one-dimensional character. And here he comes off more of that father of like he has he has, I don't know, some nuance to him. Even as a father, um, he's pitting his kids against each other to to either he's doing it to raise Zula up, even that's interesting. Um also he's he doesn't seem like he hates Zuko, as much like in the animated series, he is perfectly fine with Zuko dying. He, I think, in this one, he was second guessing.
0: He doesn't seem to favor either one that terribly much. Like it seems like if the roles were reversed, it feels like he would have been just as happy to boot Azula.
1: Like, like, like he just needs at least like it's almost like the survival of the fittest. Like, I need mean, one of them to
0: yeah to
1: increase or to... that
0: that that is his. That's where his tact shows up in a good way. Is is that by pitting his children against each other, either one of them or both of them is going to turn out to be decent. Uh, in his eyes, he hopes. Yeah, maybe Ozai is a good choice Maybe goes, I sh- yeah. undershot him.
1: And even that goes into his Agni Kai with his with, with Zuko. Like it's not the like, like all right, I'm going to punish you. This is like, no, you are going to fight me. and You're going to learn a lesson here about mercy and compassion. Um he's trying to if there's more of a on Oh, that sounds terrible. There's more of a on hands teaching here. That... Uh more personal
0: <laughs> As in lay hands on teaching. The yeah. yeah, there's much more he's not just flat bad. He's I mean he's still definitely a bad guy, but it's not just flat like bad for the sake of bad. Like you can kind of feel his Motives a little better, other than just take over the world, I guess. Yeah,
1: awesome. Uh, I brought it before about how I have a theory about
0: oh, yeah, about yeah, him. we got to talk about this because I think it fits in with what you're saying, okay, cool, about the children uh, so when, perfectly.
1: Yeah, when in this theory, you could completely be wrong and that's fine, because I'm not even, I'm not in love with this story aspect. I'm just, it might be interesting. Um, when he's talking to that Fire Nation Rebel person, and that person's like, what do you know about Lost? He's like, don't talk to me about Lost. That's such a small moment, but it's weird, because Fire Little Ozai, in the cartoon, really never goes through adversity, and he never thinks about loss and stuff. And so I'm curious if he actually loves Ursa, and in this something happens to Ursa perhaps she sacrificed herself to save Zuko um, how would that be because he makes it seem like he lost something precious to him and so what would that what would like what implications are there for that granted that that could be I don't know if there'll be improvement or not their relationship in the comics is is uh, it is definitely of abuse Um... And so it would be a very different change if he actually loved Ursa. But I think it's, I think it's up, uh, up for possibility.
0: I think that is a, I think it's a really good theory. I think that having a slightly more nuanced Ozai could, I'm not gonna say that they would portray it as like being a good relationship, but more of a, you know, like just a imperial duty bound relationship maybe sans abuse, and maybe with some actual feelings there, at least from one side? I don't know. That could be good. It could be nothing.
1: With whole judgment. It's just a weird line to put in there.
0: It it it, it was not an accident, right? There's something else yeah. to that. I don't know. But uh, not a throwaway line, I don't think. I think you're a thousand percent right.
1: Okay. Alright. Okay. Um... My number three. Now, this is where I think these three changes. Hmm. Nah, no. I, I, I think my one and two are improvements over version number three. That's right, man. I love it, and it might not be better, but anyway. Number three, Arrow and Zuko at Lieutenant's Wake. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned this before that. When I first watched it with you, right, right here, um, and I was right here, um, just the just that nature of watching something with someone and you're talking and stuff. There was no, I wasn't ready, I think, for the moment, for the more serious emotional moments. because yeah, it's just we're kind of talking and, and they're almost a little bit less focused, I guess. If we're in a the movie theater, I want I want to say that I'm not afraid to cry from anyone if that's the case.
0: I don't care. We I, don't, movie theater, I don't judge show. people for crying. He's not holding back because of me. I'm not a mean person, I swear. <laughs>
1: um, but if we were in a movie theater and everything was quiet and stuff, I wouldn't be more open to emotion stuff. I don't think I ever seen an emotional movie with you in the movie theater. In fact, we've only seen
0: Batman V Superman. Um Justice just League? Did I watch Justice League with su- you initially? I think. I don't think so. No? Suicide Squad, maybe? A Suicide Squad, uh-huh. no. the 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 first oh, one in the in the Lego movie, in the Lego movie. Lego movie surprisingly pleasant was very yeah positively... Um yeah well yeah, that's because no, 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 I no. avoid I tend to avoid emotional movies in general not because okay. I'm judging okay <laughs> you yeah. cry I love one. emotional movies
1: Coco oh man I cry Coco every single oh, time
0: I mean like I love Coco but I love it as a uh, as a comedy and it'll get me to well up a little bit. <laughs> It'll, it'll get me to well up a little bit but i you know it
1: will get me cool on good crying uh, every time it has not failed yet to make me cry
0: mine is more the mood that i'm that i'm currently in so maybe chris maybe you're just more level and i'm more of a roller coaster because yeah. like um specifically i was just in a weird mood that day but when heather and i watched <laughs> the modern family season 4 finale it's like when Grandma dies and Alex gets a letter that's like stuck together, so she's trying to figure out what it means. To the whole episode, and like I just like crying, like I cutting an onion at the end of that. And Heather's like, "I don't think that was that sad, was it?" And I was like, "No, just <laughs> just hit me right today, Heather. Leave me alone. I'm just a roller coaster." But anyway, mood dependent. Yeah, Chris, cry cry if you want. That's fine. I I won't yeah. judge you. So, it's good for you.
1: I say that to say when I watched it. I've, I've seen the show twice now. Um. First time Sean, second time with my daughter. But it was it was it wasn't like binging it through. It was just all right, we'll watch this episode today, this episode today. So last time I watched it, second time I watched it, I don't know. I was more open to just sitting there and watching it and open emotions. And this scene with Iroh and Zuko at Lieutenant's <coughs> Wake was gut wrenching. I think. Like first Iroh's sitting there, and he is almost emotional like he's sitting there almost stubborn and emotionless, and then Ozai comes up and tells him, like, well, such an honor it is for a Lieutenant to die in battle and stuff, such an honor it is for you and him, and he's like, thank you, brother. And then Zuko comes up and gives him that that, you know, Sick. stereotypical speech, like, oh, yeah, it's honorable, uncle. And then he starts to leave, and he comes back, almost re- you know remembering his empathy, and he, and he, and he tells Iroh how Lieutenant gave him this pendant and stuff, and it said it was supposed to give him uh, courage and things, and how close he was with Lieutenant, how how that little pendant thing brought him courage, and how um, how much Lieutenant meant to them, and like Iroh looks up, like it, there's a point where Iroh's just there's no life in him, and he looks up at Zuko, and then he just like Zuko saved Iroh. And that's not how the animated series is at all. Like there's nothing in that dynamic. Even though that one time Paul said, you know, say how much you know, you should say to him how much he means to you as well. And in this Iroh, it's like it is known that without that little boy, I cannot be here um today. And so that and then and then Zuko sits with Iroh and it's just that empathy and being there for family. It was freaking
0: great. I think That is, it's simultaneously like one of my favorite moments, but what would keep it sort of from independently living higher on my list is just the way that it, how they navigated Zuko's character. Uh, But that being said, like that is a moment in the show, which you're going to hit like probably all three of my top favorite moments on your list specifically. Uh, It's definitely top three Mm. moments. Yeah. Chris might oh I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh wait, I meant oh I meant to say I'm curious where they'll go
1: with Iroh because in the anime series I feel like they alluded to that after Lieutenant died, Iroh just went off on a journey of self-discovery by himself, then returned to the Fire Nation. Here he's in the Fire Nation. So hopefully they should explain that. And they're like, Yeah, after it would make sense if Iro's like, I have to go do some self discovery so I can be in this boy's life. So I need to go leave for a little while, discover some things about myself, about the world, so that I can be fully equipped to serve this young man whenever his time of need comes up. Because I still need Iroh to join the White Lotus. If they don't have the White Lotus, then that would, I don't know, that would, be, a, that would be a mess. Um, and then, then I feel like it would be hard for him to join the White Lotus, I don't know, after the fact.
0: Yeah, that would be narratively strange. I'm wondering if it I'm wondering if he will take uh, a an emotional journey, but he won't necessarily, won't necessarily leave the island. And he, but he, yeah, just like an internal journey, inward journey in the, uh, maybe research. Oh, okay. He's digging in through a library of stuff, stumbles on the White Lotus, something like, there's something about this mm-hmm. so far that doesn't give me a vibe that he's going to leave. At this point, but I don't know why. I don't have yeah, a good. I,
1: mean, yeah, I guess there you know, is
0: White Lotus in the Fire Nation that he come in contact with. He uh, gets, gets. Yeah. so that's true. Maybe I. There's just something I get the vibe that he's he's not gonna leave here, but maybe that's just because <laughs> yeah. you don't see it in the original show, and that's maybe guiding my process. And granted,
1: me. my that idea that I have in my head comes from a interview with the creator or something like yeah after. Lieutenant Iroh went on this journey and stuff. So that's the only place
0: they ever comes. They don't say it in the show at all. Iroh, uh, the creators have just said that. My number three is, and this is not this is important, this is my turning point. This is not better. Just mad respect for what they did with what they had. And Chris, that is the the narrative order. They took the same overarching story and the middle parts of it. They told in a pretty strongly different fashion, a very different order of events. It had what I would consider more of a three-conflict, a standard three-conflict kind of story, in in my opinion, like three little smaller story arcs with their own little conflicts that gradually got bigger each time. They, they managed to be very respectful to the source material and the characters, but while telling the the guts of the story were rearranged and different and kind of chopped down and not not better, but very valuable, like adding a lot of value, a lot of worthwhile to watching a different story, to having a different experience with this show, with what they did narratively.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um it's interesting if I think about the runtime. Like people say, oh, it's eight hours and it's eight one hour episodes. Um, but really, those credits are man. There are, that's
0: a lot of credits. Seven, seven hours, um, twenty minutes, give or take. That's my number three. Like, oh, so we're on a uh, number two. My number two first. This is where I do turn the corner, Chris. This is better, and something you can't. You, you just it, not at least to this point, from what I've seen, I've never seen it better in animated than live action, and this is a great example. Is like the 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 towns, the cities. So we've talked a lot about the big sweeping shots and how awesome they are. But there's something about these towns in particular. So like on, uh, on Kyoshi Island, the little village in the woods that just feel real. Or you mentioned earlier, like when they were fighting in the marketplace in um, Omashu, they, they they feel both real and just they evoke the exact right emotion that they should evoke which sometimes is that's amazing sometimes it's a very like humble uh feeling like when you're talking about the the small village in the middle of the woods it just it 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 is able to evoke emotions in me in a way that the animated series cannot it is better and i think it's great and they did great work with with their 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 scenery their locations their settings
1: yeah i 100 percent agree with that um just makes it feel makes the world feel more lived in and tangible.
0: That's so. a great way to describe. It. it feels lived in. It doesn't feel like a clean flat two-dimensional drawing, but You know, you're not allowed to cry in front of me in movie theaters anymore. <laughs> you cut me deep. <laughs>
1: um anyway but so her characterization is one thing right it's a separate thing but her the story of Katara, i think is better than in a lot of aspects um, her arc if you will in in this, this season then book one of the cartoon the reason why being a self taught master that is you know Katara is is a waterbender of some water tribe she feels like she can be a warrior but she has no one to teach her and so she realizes by the end like she gets a waterbending scroll and one thing I freaking love this change as well is that it's Grand Grand that gives her the water Waterbending Scroll? Like this is almost like Katara. The world has took away what it owes you. It's took away your, your, your culture. It's taken away your power, your ability. And we've and even I've been hiding this scroll because I've been afraid. But take back what's yours. Like show the world who you are. And and that went from Grand Grand, freaking great. Like. It, I love that it came from Granger and not just stolen from the pirates. You know, we don't need the pirates. We don't. We don't need the pirates. That's a very, like, that's a very kind of fillerish, um, episode, um, and so to have that, it's for in Katara is you see her training like every single episode she is training. She's gradually getting better and better, um, until the point where you know she fights Master Paco. Master Paku sound like I don't know Paku. Um, and she he doesn't beat him. Granted, the, the fight in the anime series is much better, no doubt about that. It's just a more deadly fight. Like Paco's not Paku. Why do I keep saying not
0: holding <laughs> back? Um, getting some different nationalities but, involved. That's nice. <laughs> um, uh, and in by the end
1: there, he still doesn't teach her. <laughs> like he's not. He's not like. Oh well. You're the daughter of the woman I love. Now I'll teach you. He's still freaking stubborn, but the other people around the village are like, "Hey, can you teach me and teach me stuff?" And then she she grows there. Um, he doesn't turn around until he's in the battle, and is stuck with like, "Okay, yes, you can fight now." Um, so Katara, this is more Katara uprooting the hierarchy and the set and the sexism. And in trying the, the like getting everyone to come along um, with her. And to the point where she is, she went from being like, I want to be a warrior, to being the leader in the battalion. And I love that moment. There's two elements I love where the boy comes up to her. And he's during the battle, he's like, Master Pocket told us to come and help assist you with anything for you to lead us. And she's like, He said that? And they're like, Yes. And then she tells them what to go do. And they're like, Yes, right away, Master Katara. She's like, Wait, I'm not a. And then she doesn't, she's like, I'm not a master. Um, but like, no, you are a master. And then when she fights Zuko and she gets up her hand in the fight, she beats him. Zuko's like, oh, you found a master, huh? Which the same line from from the animated show. And then Katara says, yes. And you're looking at her like, that. that's freaking great. She grew on her own. Um, so that's one thing I love. Also, it is, there are very few self-taught I can count them on my hand. Self-taught masters in the Avatar universe. I can count them on my hand if I was missing three fingers. There is Katara <laughs> and <laughs> there is Katara in this show. Um and in, in Zaheer. Everyone else learns their bending from someone else. Toph learned from the bathroom That might be the closest thing. Toph didn't learn from someone else, but she learned from masters. Katara is just completely self
0: made master. And that takes her up a level, I think, in terms of uh, Bendu. Uh, I like Katara. Oh, no, that's not true. I yep. love Katara. I like how they represented her. I just think that this, uh, in this situation, would be like the perfect opportunity for Team Avatar to really, truly be kind of ragtag like to not have the most op or the greatest talents the world could provide and it's just something that feels a little off about like a little extra convenient uh about Aang uh falling into this place that just happens to have a a girl who can self teach water bending and who doesn't teach him water bending i keep forgetting she did like he doesn't really water bend does he
1: he doesn't, uh, I'm, that bothers some people. It doesn't bother me. I don't think about it. Bo- like, it
0: depends. That's it depends, right? I can't tell if it bothers me or not yet.
1: Because I know she's gonna. One thing's interesting is that Aang is going to be taught just by. I doubt they'll bring in John Maybe they will. Um,. Aang might just be taught by the kids.
0: I hope it's Ken Jong actually portraying Jong Jong that'd be perfect. The, oh, gosh, that would be amazing. The no, there's just there's just something a hair a hair OP about it that the, I don't need this would have been a perfect Aang's like the perfect avatar to have just the most ragtag mediocre group of average humans around him, you know? And uh, but that's okay. I'm gonna at least reserve judgment on on Katara, but in general I like the I like how they wrote her and how the actress portrayed her. So 50-50 for me. Yeah. Chris, I think we are at Honorable Mentions. You're number two. My number wait, two is uh Town Cityscapes album. I went first, yeah.
1: I keep I did that last time also. I don't know why.
0: Anyway, Honorable Also, genius. Chris, I don't wanna scare you. The audio started doing something funny when I was watching it. It started like having a spaz like a spaz attack, it looks like it's back to normal now. So maybe when we're done, I'll listen, engage the damage, and I'm going to be optimistic (laughs) and cross my fingers. And then if it doesn't work, I'm going to record a 10-second apology video that says I'm about to punt my computer through a window. Chris, Mm -hmm. let's talk about honorable mentions.
1: Honorable mentions. I love the focus on war um, and how these are kids at war. That's how different this adapts it. Um, Cause they don't talk about as much how like they're at war in the animated show. Anyway, I uh, love Ang being the catalyst for other's characters' growth. I've said before that Ang doesn't really have a good character arc, and that's fine.
0: That's as something I didn't far. give enough credit to, and it deserves it. So I'm gonna take your honorable mention. I'm gonna put that in mind. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Did not. Give um.
1: That. Oh, and to go along with that, so Ang gets more of the catalyst for a lot of the characters' growths. Including Fumi, Sakurakata, and Zuko, and that that's starting. And one thing I really loved was Zuko and Ang bonding specifically after uh, the Blue Spirit episode. That was freaking great. Just just add a little bit more, a little bit more meat on that bone for that. Nothing really changed, and that doesn't really change anything. But just just nice. I like when characters just sit and talk.
0: It it was nice, and it was another. You know, it was more than nice. It was really good. It's a good moment. It just still plays in the idea that the Zuko, Zuko wasn't the roller coaster that my brain wanted him to be. Hmm. But uh, well, yeah, that, again, was
1: reserve, reserve uh, that was definitely preserved. was definitely a change, I think. Like he wasn't as angry. Um That kind of I got, I got that. That
0: moment. I, I guess I understood it. That moment would have been more special if we'd had more like bad Zuko up to that point or like same with Iroh, the moment with Iroh that was like a what do you call it, like a flashback would have felt more special mm-hmm. if we'd been dealing with more bad Zuko, like crappy Zuko in between there. Like he he came out of the out of the gates to chill. But that overall that's that's another one of those moments that that's still a great moment when they are when they're having a legitimate discussion. Yeah. Um
1: business change is is interesting because I think it's really good writing. It's kind of better writing, maybe. But it's a prefacing, fully well, prefacing, because I still prefer the anime series. That's Boomy being jaded. Um here, I think they couldn't pass the opportunity to write a character who feels like his best friend abandoned him and left him in this time of war. Like oh man, yeah, that I could see how like they were enticed to write this story about Boomy. And then but then Ain comes around to him by the end of it. Um, so that's an interesting change. Like I said, I actually prefer the animated series better cuz I just love that character Boomy and Boomy is definitely different
0: here. I I I there again I I like Boomy's approach, but there's so many other things about this about Boomy that I disliked about the Boomy sequence, about the progression of how things went down that it kind of it, it lessens the impact of his motives for me. But mm-hmm. Great motives. Yeah.
1: Uh, Sokka not passing the arm-dodging test. Or, actually, he did pass it, but his father wasn't like... I don't know, it was kind of a... Like, alright, we'll just give him credit for this. Passed on um, a technicality. It
0: really, yeah.
1: It was really his father not being... I wouldn't say proud, but just not having that confidence in him. And that affects Sokka in a different way. Um, which is... I don't know, it's, just it's an interesting change. It adds a little... A little something, Sasaki. A little something different. And not got, better,
0: just different. Dad's not mad. He's just disappointed, Chris. That's that's even worse. The yeah. early, Earlier, we, we at least got to make the comment of we said that we felt that his moment in the spirit world should have definitely come before Katar's because coming after has really lessened how much I cared <laughs> about his tribulations.
1: Yeah, you gotta build up. and Sasaki's like worst moment is his of, is him passing a test It's a normal moment in a child's a life.
0: Hellos. Is is something that happens to people, and then Katara's was a horror story, uh, for which she Her is mom to blame, basically
1: becoming becoming a, a a candle.
0: Yeah, in a terrifying fashion. So yeah, uh, flip yeah. the order, showrunners, flip the order. Uh, then the,
1: the last honorable mention. Is I really like seeing the avatars talk about each other. Um, That's really interesting. I've loved seeing like like one point in the North Pole, Angus was like, "Hey, Korok, like you can just take over my body, you know, and go to avatar State just like Kiyoshi did." He's like, "I'm not Kiyoshi." I was like, "Yeah, you're not Kiyoshi. You're not." It's good. I like Korok now. Uh, But just interesting to see them talk about different avatars and attitudes and but what a
0: lame excuse. For not, not body hopping. What a lame yeah. contrivance for not yeah. body hopping.
1: Oh, one change we didn't uh, one change we didn't mention is um, I love seeing Kyoshi like fight like it's not like that scene itself is cool.
0: That if you split away the other stuff that I don't like, that literal scene of Kyoshi being real in the physical world and fighting was very cool. It's just that's the surrounding things that caused me some yeah. distaste. Chris, my... Yeah, those are those are honorable mentions. Uh, I, I generally agree with all of your honorable mentions, so I'll take those. I'm going to say that my honorable mention is more of my hot take, is that uh, keeping in mind that I approached this with bigger, broader ideas, bigger buckets, like Chris went specific moments, I went more broad vibes. That's totally fine. Uh, But Chris, I struggled to to get to five. Like, I got to five, and I'm happy with it but I didn't just have an overwhelming number of things that I liked better. I'm going to say that there was things that I didn't, that I, that I disliked. Of course, there's a few things I disliked. There was a lot of things that I just, I just don't know yet. It depends on where they go with it and what they do with it. Or, or it was a good thing surrounded by, or marred a little bit by a bad thing. And and that prevented it from kind of making my list in the free and clear. So that was my, is my hot take is that there wasn't just a ton but it's also it's just season one. It it's a limited, it's a very limited scope, and I'm not displeased by that idea. Yep. All right. My number one
1: is Zuko in the Ford First Division. This is brilliant freaking change, I think that it's a almost M. Night Shyamalan twist. Yeah, I'll provoke his name. I like M. Night
0: Shyamalan. I don't how, like all his movies. How I dare you, Chris? But How dare you invoke his name <laughs> in this? Like Voldemort. Is I'm <laughs> Harry Potter. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not scared of Shyamalan. I'm upset with him. No. <laughs> it is ironic <laughs> that you're pulling out the Shyamalan twist commentary. That's great. Especially because Abed um, is here. I love that episode of Community. Um, honk twice if you want to do this again. Honk, honk. So, yeah, so
1: them revealing that the division of the military that Zuko didn't want to sacrifice, that because he spoke up against uh, sacrificing them, he had to face his father kind of scarred him, and banished him and stuff. And that is the division that's been with him on the ship freaking amazing to us. I think it's it really good, really brilliant writing. It's so brilliant that I think even Brian Codiacico, the co-creator of Avatar, would, act, would like it. Would, would probably even love it, I dare say. And I don't like speaking for other people, but I think he will like it. Uh, I doubt he will actually watch this show. <laughs> <being nice. laughs> Michael uh, DiMartino, I think will watch the show. Brian though, for some reason, Brian seems like the more like outspoken one, even though neither one of them are that outspoken and stuff. But I am confident Brian will not watch this thing at all, because <laughs> he'll just be like, ah, "We would have, we would have done this and this." And I'm sure there's something I'll hate in it, uh, which might be an episode coming up that might, and I hate to, you anyway, might theorize and speculate on. Why did they leave? Like, you know, we watch the show now. Like, all right, what could have made, what in the show would they have just disagreed with the day they left? Grant, maybe they fits whatever they left and they just didn't like the working environment after the fact. But uh, anyway, great moment. Um, I love how they set it up. Um, the guy, the J- Commander G, is, you know, when Zuko's mean to himself and he goes on this rant, I he's like, he might be the finest prince. He's not our prince. And then Zuko goes missing for a while, and Iroh tells him, like, you ever wonder why you got commissioned to this ship? And he tells him about Zuko's story and stuff, and the acting Kai. And then (laughs) Iroh's like, and then, you know, he tells the story, and then Commander Jean's like, the 41st Division? Well, we're the 41st Division. And Iroh would be like, like, yeah, you dummy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you thanks for listening when damn story...
1: <laughs> when I started the story five that time when I, I mentioned that Zuko didn't want to sign by the forest division you can kind of let the doubts at that point
0: that that um, should have been the anyway. first thing that you thought be like oh damn but no you just sat around staring well, into blank space uh, thinking about your lamb ch- your mutton chops yeah. on your face yeah um uh, so then
1: when Zuko returns, <laughs> They're like, our princess return, and they all bow to him. Such a great moment. And I even tear up a little bit at that moment as well. Because it's just almost like Zuko owning himself. When the Iroh sees him, there's this proud look on Iroh's face. Uh, it's such a great moment. Um, oh, another thing I wanted to mention real quick is when Iroh, um, after the after they show the Agni Kai, Iroh tells Zuko, like, he gets on a ship for, with Zuko and and I would tells him, and Zuko's like, you sure you want to come with us? Like, we're going to be it could be years. And I was like I have everything I need on this ship. And it's such a heartwarming moment because Zuko is everything he needs. But then he breaks out a little bit of comedy of like I have all the tea I need. <laughs>
0: and then so that's a great moment. That's number one. That, it might be my favorite moment in the show. It's definitely top three favorite moments in the show. Chris, my number one favorite change in the show is Han, and that's it. No, my number one favorite change in the show is, so I agree completely. I approached it slightly differently. I went big bucket with this, but what you're saying is a key, what you just said is a key driver to this, and that's the way that they handled all of the wartime aspects of the show, both A, adding kind of value and and worthwhileness in a way that the animated series couldn't, and and b because it produced several of my favorite moments of the show including that twist including Zuko sitting with Iroh including the airbender genocide including some cool albeit disturbing on-screen things uh the cold open the the Omashu story like all of my favorite things about this show period came from sort of a better real feeling representation of, of wartime. And I think they did a, a good job and that's probably the number one reason why I would pitch this show as like a valuable entity to other avatar fans to go watch this show. Even mm. if you were on the fence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot more focused on war and, and spies and stuff. That was freaking great. Great addition. Um, there's spies in the Fire Nation. There's spies in the Earth Kingdom. There's spies everywhere. Um, and then, oh yeah, that shout out to that Earth Kingdom soldier who was a spy. Like his Earth, I want, I want to know his story in the cold open. Um, like, i he, he was doing some great
0: bending in his, he in was, his like, Rogue probably, One, his Rogue One cold open. Yeah, which led
1: nowhere. Which is cool though, cause oh, I, I mentioned, to, I think on Twitter that like the opening to this reminds me of the opening to Mulan for the villains like they're like cuz in Luan, he lights the torches and stuff right and he's like now all of china knows you're here and um uh, I forgot the guy's name
0: what um, is his name i can't think Bengals.
1: what is the bad guy's name leader of the mongols um yep. he's like good i want you i want them all to know and then in this fire lord is like good i want them all to know and cuz anyway you know, very similar moments about messengers trying to get something out trying to get
0: a message out that the bad guy wants them to get out. They, yeah, they just, I, I don't know what else to say other than it's, uh, maybe here's how I'll wrap it up, is that, like, I'm a guy who obviously would prefer a lighthearted animated series to a television show about war, like, in a nutshell. <laughs> like, obviously, me personally, going to go with the animated series and the lightheartedness. But no, they did a really... A really nice job of using that to shape their story differently and delivering it very well
1: yeah all right.
0: Chris uh, a lot of favorite things to talk about next week perhaps we will take on a different uh, a different angle and eventually we'll probably all review. about
1: home uh, <laughs> we about, are not five words so
0: <laughs> just... just 50 minutes of sad funeral music <laughs> amazing uh, we someday some week we will do that we'll just like catch people totally off guard but in the in the meantime
1: in Memo- memorandum, it.
0: but wait no we- no we'll title it something something still like like clickbaity title like best character in the new series like something like that right and they turn it on and it's just us like trying to hold it together with the music in the background and we don't say a thing the whole time it'll be perfect they I'll be singing Voice the Man." I'll be crying like I'm watching season four of Modern Family finale. It'll be it'll be it'll be great. <laughs> and uh, but like I said we'll still title it something kind of like standard YouTube titling mechanism to get people into the video, so that we can Rickroll them. <laughs> A much more respectable Rickroll, in my opinion.
1: Yeah.
0: Chris, this has been Avatar the Last Podcasters. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening. I appreciate you. And all of the nice comments, thumbs up, subs, bells, reviews, whatever you want to leave us, we appreciate them all. Thank you very much for those. They're great. Thank you. And I'll leave more stuff down in the description, like always. My name's Sean. That's Chris Ford, at K, The Objective Geek. And we'll see you next time. If I still have a computer that I haven't punted, i don't window
1: trying to like